All right, so uh, siding things, and we're going to talk a little bit about ways that we want to come alongside uh, HB. We are one church. Uh, we have one budget. We have uh, one board. We have one vision that we share together. Uh, Ken and Jason preached pretty much the same message today. They wrote it together, and that's how we, we, we work is uh, uh, Amy and Stephanie work together for the children's ministry, and, and we do. So very similar things, uh, although they have uh, their own nuances for each campus, even like Fountain Valley. I'll be honest, the way I preach at 830 is a little different than 1115 when I feel like I have to, you know, explain some things to, uh, you know, 50 high school and junior high kids that are sitting here. So, uh, but that's, I just want you to kind of get an idea of where we're at and we're learning. Uh, and I, I love that Ken is a, just a tremendous student as much as anything else. Uh, so let me tell you a little bit. The second thing we want to talk about today is uh, uh, give you a master plan update and a master plan. So what, what is a master plan? 2010, we paid off our property. We were debt-free. We're, we were there. And, uh, but we were also facing a, a challenge and that was we had things breaking uh, we had things that were just worn out. And so the, the constant question was fix it, replace it, add to it kind of thing. And what you begin to realize is it's hard to make those decisions, kind of like your own house. Like, do we redo the bathroom? Gosh, if we redo the bathroom, we're going to have to redo this part. Of you know how that goes, right? So you begin to think about it that way. And uh, so what, what the, the board did, our leadership board asked is create a master plan of the property. Let's develop the property. Let's figure out what we have. And I will tell you that this has been since 2010. This has been a long, tedious process. And it's been good that it's been long because we have made mistakes along the way. We have tried to correct those mistakes along the way. We've tried to, I, I believe that we've, we've really listened uh, to the congregation. We've tried to be good stewards of both what we have and the resources that we think that we can use in the future. Uh, I do want to, th- uh, before we move on, it's an interesting process because you start with blue sky, right? You start with, let's create, let's, uh, you know, water slide into the baptismal and all these, you know, what, if we could do it. And it goes, it, it quickly moves to finite realities. And uh, uh, we have been blessed with a great godly architect, a guy named Tony Macero. I don't know if Tony's still, Tony's here. Tony is in the back. You can see him in, at there. Tony, stand up and wave just because they'll wonder who the new guy is. Okay, there's Tony. <laughs> Tony's our architect. And uh, Tony, Tony has been great to help us say, you can live in blue sky all you want, but at some point there are finite realities. And we have finite realities. We have 4.5 acres. We have to have about 300 parking spots uh, to do what we want to do. We have to have so much free space for our kids to play in um, because we have a school here. We have a school. And so it's like place all those things on the map. Okay, now blue sky to death. You know, like we have this little touch point, you know. Uh, But so it's been very interesting process. Uh, but one of the things that was really helpful, um, I want to thank one other guy, Bob Allen, I think is right there. Bob, will you wave real quick? Bob's been a, he was a consultant to us. And uh, so Bob's job is that he, he had the less than glorious job, which was, he was the spreadsheet guy, right? He was the guy who helped us think through the need assessment and walked us through all the different things where you have to, you, instead of just looking at, at neat things you see at other churches and, ooh, I want one of those, it was, what's going on here? How is the vision and the mission of the church uh, being impeded by something 
in our facilities and what can we do about it. And so we went through a, a tremendous process along the way. We, we found people we thought we were going to work with and then it didn't work and then it didn't, we were going to do it and it didn't work. And so it is, I will tell you, it's been a long process. Uh, a year ago, we actually presented to you a possible scenario, but it wasn't very concrete. We actually did what was called a feasibility study. We wanted to get a feel from uh, people in the congregation. So we, we, what we did is we uh, picked kind of a cross-section of people in different ages and life stages and things like that just to say, hey, will you sit down with some people and will you look at the plans that we're working with and will you give us some feedback? And then we did Beach Point updates to kind of tell you a little bit of, of what, we, what, what we were going to do and then what we heard after it was done and some of the responses. And so what you're going to see tonight is based on things that we heard uh, the emails that kept coming in to me from ministry leaders or people who are participating in something say, you know, if you, you, you got to have to get more bathrooms. You know, that, that was the number one email along the way. Please, more toilets. Okay. Uh, uh, things along those lines. So we, we've tried to be, uh, so when you think about master plan, uh, there are finite realities, there are need assessments, there, are, there is listening to the congregation, there is listening to the ministry leaders, and there's dreaming ahead and start looking at things. And uh, the need assessment really came down to a couple key things. One is we needed more meeting spaces, spaces that could be configurable, spaces that I would use the word dynamic. And what I mean by that is this, that it, it, rather than static, it could change into things. So this is an interesting room because uh, the way it's designed with a permanent stage and permanent seating and sloped floors and all the kind of things, this room gets used once once a week. Uh, it gets used also for rehearsal, but a lot of the things that we do, we can't do in here because of the, of the way that the room has been created. And so we realize we've got to figure out ways to create. We have so much going on. Monday, we're full. Tuesday, we're filling up. Wednesday, we're beyond full. Thursday, we're full. Friday, we, 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 we're open if you have a program. Uh, Saturday, <laughs> Uh, Saturday, we were doing up until we planned it, Saturday and Sunday services. So even like on Saturdays, if you had a, if we had a wedding or a funeral, we had to have it like 10 o'clock in the morning. So it, it's a very impacted campus. So we knew we needed more meeting spaces, configurable, dynamic. Uh, we needed room to grow. So even um, like today here, we ran out of bulletins. We ran, like part, someone walked in at, at uh, 9.45 service. I think my wife was the one who told me. She said, you got about seven parking spots left. Uh, and then you're full. And that, and Jason was on time. It wasn't me preaching. It wasn't my fault. I mean, Jason was on time and, and we had time to turn over, but there's, we have a growing crowd. Even after we've planted, um, there's an interdependence. You can't just make a bigger room. You have to have more bathrooms. You have to have more, more parking. You have to more, have more kids space. Uh, so we knew that not just room to grow, but the interdependent pieces have to go with that. We need better admin space. So if you've ever gone into the youth building, uh, or the offices, you can see it's a very difficult place for, for our staff to work, for ministry leaders to come and work, for volunteers to come work. So every office has four, anywhere from three to five people uh, packed in it. And so we just pack as many desks as we can around a, uh, an area. And so we knew that we needed more admin space, and then uh, we knew we needed to upgrade uh, we need progress to the campus, upgraded technology. So we have spaces here that are tired, that are worn out, that are broken. It's just like anything in your home. The more you're around it, the more you get used to it. So you don't notice anymore how 
terrible our bathrooms look or how worn out carpet is or all those kinds of things. You, don't, you just stop noticing it because you just have lived in it for so long. And so uh, one of the things that was really apparent to us when we did the feasibility study was when we first started, the, the, what we presented to you about a year ago was here's, here's, a, here's what we could do. We could build a brand new worship center over in this kind of blank space here. To kind of do the, what I called the 1980 plan, which is what they did in 1980. They, they moved, they built a new chapel, a new sanctuary. They turned the old sanctuary into multi-purpose space and then kind of worked from there. And so we looked at what if we built a new sanctuary over here, turn this into multi-purpose space. And we realized that was going to cost us somewhere around $10, $12 million or more more. And I think, and as we listened in the feasibility study, people felt like that's just way over the top for us. Is there, can you, can you do it another way? Is there another way of doing it? And so what I'm going to show you is, uh, is a response to that. It really, we came back and we said, look at, we're not a 10 to $12 million building. Uh, we, we need to be half that. We need to be less than half that if we can, but we need to be about half that and we need to, but we still need those things, those, those pieces, those, those uh, meeting rooms, uh, bathrooms, parking, uh, classrooms, all those kinds of things, admin space. Uh, and so I'm going to, let me show you first just a very, what will seem maybe as like a boring picture, but I think it tells a great story. So let me show you a site plan first. Um, and so one thing I want you to see is this is, so if you, dang it, I left my, I had a laser pointer. Um, <laughs> so Magnolia Street, you can see as you come in and the church building. and the, So this is a, a layout of, the, of what we're proposing as a new, uh, our, our new layout. But what I want you to notice from this, and I'll, I'll try to show you something different. And what we're going to invite you to when this is over is we're going to invite you to walk out and out in the lobby is an actual 3D model that you can walk around, you can see, you can ask questions about. But what I want you to see is the dark is new construction and the white is kind of existing buildings. So you can see our three main buildings are still there. And that what we have primarily done as most of the new construction is there is one new building uh, or there's, I'm sorry, there's two new buildings that are both multi-purpose buildings. One that would be on the basketball court, one that would be uh, right outside these windows right here. Um, and you can see a little bit of building around this and a little bit of building around the current, uh, where the youth building is and the admin building is over there. But I think what you see there is, is in some ways a very conservative approach. Uh, this is not tear down everything, rebuild everything from scratch. It is what, how can we steward the property we have, how, but yet at the same time meet the need assessments and move forward. So let me show you some better pictures that I think are a little bit more exciting. Um, the dark, and let me say, so that we have about 12, I think it's about 12,000 square feet of new construction. 10,000? Fourteen. Okay, there we go. Fourteen thousand of new, uh, but you'll but you'll also notice um, same ethos, same the, the same vision that uh, that was handed to us of a centered area. Um, the reason why our building is angled the way it is, the, the vision of that was so that everyone would walk out into a center plaza together and we'd all be there together. And you see that that is all there. Now you won't be able to see it yet. You'll, you'll appreciate it so much more when you walk around. Uh, the, yes, lasers. Okay. So this right here. So I don't know. You can't even see it. So there's going to be a new multi-purpose building and then a roof that's going to connect 
between this building and that and create this uh, 3,800 square feet of covered space. It's going to be just a great place to meet. It it will be its own kind of gathering center. If if you wanted to have a program in there, you you literally could. It's going to be a, a pretty impressive piece. But uh, so let me, let me show you some, some fun pictures that I think uh, get to it as we're running out of time. So let me show the first image there, Tyler. So the first thing is a whole new front image. Uh, 17,000 cars a day pass Beach Point Church on Magnolia. It is one of the most uh, uh, popular streets coming by. Uh, in fact, you will meet people all the time. I don't know. I don't know if anyone here. Has anybody come here? I meet people all the time and say, how did you start coming? Well, I was driving by your church. How many of you? Yeah. So, so you see, you'll meet people who say, I was driving by, I was driving by. Um, so a whole new front uh, image uh, that's there. So that you'll see right at the beginning there. I think one of the cool images is you see these very subtly built lifeguard towers right here and right here. Um, and the whole theme is built around kind of a beach cottage, uh, beachy theme. But the idea is that we're here. We're here. We, we believe we are called to be on alert. We're, we're a rescue station. We're a mission station. Uh, and that's why we exist. But one of the things that you can start to see there is the two parking lots, the one on the north and the one uh, in the front, will now be connected. So the one piece of, of building that is going to be demoed is, uh, is the youth building. And so, uh, I, I trust me, I've spent more time in that building than any of you, all of you put together. I, I, it's like, I will be like, no, chained to it. I will, like that tree. Um, but the great thing it will do is it will create more parking. It will, it will connect the two lots and it will allow better flow of the parking coming in and out uh, for you. Uh, let me, I, we're going to zoom in on this area right here uh, because there's some other things that, uh, for you to see. So better ingress, 70 additional spots. Uh, our parking will go from about 220 to about 290 something when we're all said and done. And I will tell you, we, we already went and presented plans to the city. We showed them, we walked through all this stuff. And when they, they said, you know, I'm, we're concer- you know, you guys need to be about this many parking. When we told them how many parking we were at, they were like, Oh, this is awesome. I mean, they were just like, oh, this is going to be easy. This is, so they were very encouraged by our site plan. They were very encouraged by what we were planning to do. So you can see kind of coming in uh, where you normally, if you park in the front, right here is a brand new Valley Day office uh, so that we have kind of a more secure area as people are checking their kids in. We wanted to be able to not have strangers just kind of walk on campus, but they have to pass through that area. Um, there's bathrooms, new, new bathrooms that are going to be here, and there's entrance from both the inside and the outside. Yeah, you can go to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> this area right here uh, is going to be a, kind of a, an outdoor patio area, retreat area, if you will. But it also will have access to, um, uh, we'll have showers and laundry. We have a, a homeless ministry that we do here, or a ship ministry that we're helping people out of homelessness. So rather than hooking up hoses to uh, uh, drains, uh, like a, a, a janitor's drain and things like that, we'll actually have some things that are there. Uh, so you can see that for the, the worship center, this, this sanctuary, for the most part, is st- it, I mean, it's staying it resembles the same thing, and yet it's, there's kind of a dynamic look to it that, that adds on to it. Um, so, uh, Valley Day Office. Okay, let's go to the next picture, Tyler. So this is from the back. So this is from back here. So you're, think of parking in the back parking lot and walking forward into the parking. And so what you see is right here, a building. 
This is a, this is a multi-purpose room. And then right here is a building. And so you have uh, about 150 people that can fit in this building. You have about 250 people that can fit into this building. But this building right here can also break into, it will have air walls. It can go from 250 people to two rooms of 125 to four rooms of about 60, 65 people. It's a very dynamic room. And on top of that, you have, a, you have storage here and here. You have a, a, an area right here you'll see that, is, uh, that we can use to serve food from. So kind of a, uh, a catering kitchen or some, there's possibilities for things like that that will go there. But with the two new uh, multi-purpose buildings, uh, again, it increases our ability, our flexibility to host ministries, classrooms all through the week. Um, you can fit large cl- uh, crowds, you can f- uh, break it into smaller crowds. And this is going to be important because it will allow our student ministries to have some room to grow, uh, celebrate recovery, uh, women's Bible study, uh, and any new ministries that we're, we're seeing start uh, through this. Uh, alongside of that, this building is going to say, uh, on the, uh, there, there's improvements to the to the worship center. So update to the worship center. So the current worship center will, uh, our sanctuary here, uh, the, the goal, the ultimate plan is to remove the pews and to, uh, re- to kind of rework this that we can uh, actually have seating by moving the stage back, back into those rooms and then building around the back, we'll be able to actually have seating for up to on those big event nights, up to 600 people in this room. Now I know I know this room can fit 500 in it, or at least it's coded for that. If any of you have ever been in this room when there's 500 people, you know that it is, it is purgatory. You can now, you can affirm that doctrine. That, that, that's what it's going to be like. Um, this, there, it does not fit. We, we can, I think at 300, after 300 people, you feel it in this room. And so we will be able to have uh, chairs up to 600. Uh, and so, and then, but also be able to break it into tables, put it, have a reception, have a conference, all kinds of things that can be able to happen as well as, and, and that's exciting because again, um, there's room for you to invite your eight to 15, uh, to our services. Our services can grow. Um, but it also allows us to reconfigure the room in new ways, host new things, banquets, receptions, conferences, all these kinds of things. There's new storage. Um, and then again, I just want to, you can kind of see it here. This covered patio right here is pretty, pretty awesome. Um, and so you're going to have this giant space and you can see the way it's almost like a, we've created the campus to be like a funnel. So everything is pushing everyone into the center area to meet. And that's a huge value we have here of being relational, of sharing a cup of coffee. Look, you know it. At, at a, come at 945. If you know who's new to the church because they're the only people actually in the building at 945, right? At, at a service. Because so, everybody's outside enjoying a cup of coffee, enjoying a conversation, things like that. And by the t- 15 minutes later, the service, like where, um, every week I used to be like, what did I do? I killed the church. There's nobody here this week. And then by the third song, it's like, oh, we don't have room for anyone. So we understand that that's a part of, of who we are here. Uh, I think we have a, do we have a kid's picture? So this is uh, just to kind of connect the CE building, uh, the, Christian, or the, the kids building. So you can see a whole new area um, that would be turfed and playground and all those kinds of things. Probably not all these trees, but uh, turf and playground. Um, and then you have kind of a hardscape area over here that can be overflow parking, but it can also be gated off and be a kid's area to play. Um, 
these, and then you have as well, you have these doors, uh, the ability for these doors on both sides to roll up so that there's kind of a flow through. You can have, as the room breaks down into four different things, you can have some things happen on this side of the campus, other things on the other side. So uh, all those things connected together, you kind of get a, 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 a view, uh, kind of our, just the same way that we have the lifeguard towers, we have our own little lighthouse that is being built here. Each of those things would have their own little lighting fixtures that kind of glow uh, at the, in the nighttime and, and uh, uh, tie all the campus together. Uh, so renovated kids building. So this building will get a facelift, which is the building right outside there. So it gets a facelift, so it matches all the other campus, the classrooms, the technology, facelift, uh, so that and, and a, the ability to add some classrooms to expand Valley Day, possibly our leadership will, uh, Valley Day's leadership will look into how they want to move forward with that. Uh, but new kids play areas. Again, uh, if you just go out in some of the kids areas and you realize, boy, it'd be nice to have like a patch of grass out here instead of dirty breaking up asphalt. And so all those kinds of things coming together. So uh, with all that, so with all those kind of photos, that gives you a little bit of idea let me share one other thing. Uh, one of the interesting things that happened through all this is that we have a builder that came on board with us uh, that God's just been really doing a, a, a tremendous work in his life. He is going to donate. He's a tremendous builder, Sandals Church, Cal Baptist University, significant builder, but God has blessed him and he, is, he has done, uh, he's done well in his life, well enough that he feels now his calling is to come alongside churches and ministries and he's going to, he's now, we're the first church he's doing this with, but he's now going to donate anything that he would make as the builder. He's going to donate it to our missions. And so um, somewhere over about $65,000 of this project, maybe higher, um, gets, is going to be donated to our work at reaching uh, unreached, unengaged people groups, which means uh, people in the world where there's less than 2% Christian and nobody yet going to it, to that. So one of the neat things that we're praying for here in our churches, and uh, you're going to hear in a moment, we're going to go, we're gonna, uh, getting close to, to launch a, a series together uh, called Daring Faith. And, and we believe that God is going to raise up, as you saw today, a team of people that are going to be going to Haiti for uh, like two weeks we believe God's going to raise up a team of people who are going to go for three, four, five, six, eight years together to reach an unreached people group in one of the, the last sections of the world in which the gospel isn't, hasn't been able to get into yet. And so that's going to come out of our church, and part of this whole thing is going to be uh, uh, committed to this. Um, so let me, I, I can't imagine, you can't look at all these things and think, oh, that looks awesome. Now, What's it going to cost? Uh, 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 the, the projected cost for the complete master plan uh, is $5,655,000. So it's a signi- that's significantly low. So when we presented to you a year ago, we gave you a, a figure of $4.5 million for phase one. And our expectation was overall it was going to cost us somewhere between 10 and 12 million. And so we've been able to bring the whole project to, whole, to be able to do the whole thing at about $5.6 million. Um, on top of that, our hope is that we would like to, in the next years, raise $200,000. Um, we want to do that this spring. We want to try to raise $200,000 to come alongside Beach Point Huntington Beach. Uh, for the next two years. So they have $100,000 for the next two years added kind of surplus to help 
help their budget. We're trying to help them become sustainable. And then uh, in the July 1st of 2017, 18, as we're going into that, we'll be evaluating as a leadership if they're ready to kind of uh, be on their own. And so as we're kind of figuring that all out and where that's going, but in the meantime, what we don't want is the leadership of Huntington Beach to spend all their time stressing about money, trying to fundraise, trying to build series around, you know, giving and things like that because they're just trying to pay the bills. We want them to be a church focused on mission and, and uh, we want to come alongside of them. So uh, if you put those two numbers together, you realize that right now we have before us a challenge to raise $5.8 million. Uh, that is a rather significant amount of money. So the question is, yes, I want to do that. But how in the world are we going to do that? And that was a very good question. So I want to invite Mary Keenan. Uh, Mary Keenan, would you come up here? And Mary's going to tell you a little bit about how we're going to do that. I'm not a public speaker, as you can see. Uh, my name is Mary Keenan. Ooh, that bright light. Um, and if you know me, um, you know that I've spent the last 25 years working as a CPA in the tax world. Um, but about a year and a half ago, or less than, no, a little more than a year ago, I retired. And actually, I like to call it repurposed. And so I am really, really glad and look forward to working on this campaign during this tax season and not buried in a bunch of tax returns. So really happy about that. And I'm, you know, I'm really excited um, about um, embarking on this spiritual journey called Daring Faith. And through six weeks of Sunday services, uh, life group studies, and individual daily devotions, our entire church family, and that's everyone from the tiny little kids up to us mature adults, um, will focus on the same spiritual themes during the same amount of time. And the six-week period will start on January 24th. And um, there's actually going to be three components of this Daring Faith journey. Uh, The first one, as I said, is individual participation. And through the daily devotions, uh, we're going to be challenged to reflect on the themes of the journey. And we're going to learn how to apply them to our lives. Um, Everyone is going to receive a journal like this or a study guide like this. And it's called Daring Faith. And... Uh, it's going to have 40 days worth of devotions in the study guide. Uh, the second uh, component is group participation, and that's going to be through the community of your life groups. Uh, there's going to be an interactive curriculum. It's going to include uh, videotapes. There's going to be fill-in-the-blanks as you're watching the videotapes and discussion questions. So I think it's very important that if you're not in a life group now that you plan on joining a life group for at least the Daring Faith series. And then the third component is going to be the Sunday service participation where the pastor and the worship arts team will unpack the campaign's theme and that's going to be through the sermons and their music. So uh, it's very important that uh, you make every effort to attend your life group and the Sunday services during this daring faith journey. At the end of the six weeks, we're going to ask the congregation to give an initial gift and to make a three-year giving commitment to the campaign. And that commitment Sunday is going to be on March 6th. So it's not going to be a fundraising campaign. Okay, so we're not going to hold car washes or bake sales or sell widgets and things like that. It is a giving campaign. And 
it's going to challenge us for spiritual reasons. But we're not going to pressure anyone to give either. 2 Corinthians 9.7 says, You must decide in your heart how much to give, not reluctantly or under pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. So we're not going to pressure you, but we will show you how everyone can give something. On Sunday, March 13th, we're going to have a combined Huntington Beach and Fountain Valley worship service experience to celebrate how God has blessed us over this journey. I'm sure we're going to hear very, um, many stories about daring faith and, and what it has done to us. And the amount of the initial offering and the commitment amounts will be announced. As a side note, I just wanted to let you know that in early December, the staff and uh, the board were introduced to all of these plans, and they saw the model and everything, and we challenged them to give a one-time year-end gift that would be above their three-year commitment. And I'm very happy to report that we've received $78,400, so I think that's a great start to our campaign fund. Based on the offerings and the commitments received, the board will then recommend to the congregation a building scenario. So that's whether we received enough money to build the whole thing at once or whether we need to divide it up into phases and the amount that we might need to borrow. And so that would pretty much wrap up the capital campaign. And maybe, Bill, you want to address more questions? Questions? 